Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. My name's Dewey Thompson. I'm the director of the Missouri Training Institute, and with me is my fabulous team, Ray Lyon and Brianna Larimer. Welcome, 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 everybody. Hello. Hey, good morning. So I had this inspiration when I was uh, in the shower this morning, <laughs> uh, thinking that, uh, you know, we've been wanting new topics for the Weekly Workplace, and I had this inspiration thinking that, um, you know, we've been in business for for well over 30 years. And during that time, we have trained, oh gosh, hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people um, throughout that 30 years. And we've done it clear across the country. Um, But what really interested me and what really sparked my imagination today was no matter what the subject, no matter who the audience is, no matter where we're doing it, we seem to get a lot of similar questions over and over and over again. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about the top 10 questions that participants ask in, at our trainings, at MTI trainings. Yes. So um, I thought that would be kind of fun to do today. So, um, and I think we're going to have plenty of material <laughs> that this is going to be a two-part series. So we're going to do part one today, and we're going to name off the the top 10 from 10 to number six this today. And then um, we're going to come back on, an, on the next episode of the Weekly Workplace, and we'll do the top five. So okay. that's where I thought we would head today. What do y'all think about that? Uh, I'm in. I'm I, in. I just need to know, um, when's lunch? Yeah. <laughs> do I really have to be here? <laughs> uh, okay, so I was thinking about uh, uh, those do happen often. Actually, those are the questions we get asked right when we get there. Beyond those types of questions, right. number 10, are you ready? Yep. Number 10 is how do I motivate people? Yeah. That is a good question. It is a great question. Um, I think I get asked that question almost every session I've done. Um, you know, it usually pops up sometimes. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. In the session. So how do you uh, all respond to that question from participants? People are motivated for their own reasons. You can't give somebody motivation. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like, I, you know, I hate to say it, but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't leave it there, of course, but... <laughs> Well, when I get asked that question, you know, uh, people ask me that question and I just go, well, I'm here to tell you that you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then you just see this look in their face going, oh, really? You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think it's something that um, is a very important question because I I think leaders often feel that it's their responsibility to give people motivation. But I agree with you. I, I think people are already motivated. It's not a matter of, to me you know what that supervisor that leader is 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 doing to motivate them it's about them recognizing what motivates their mm-hmm. employee exactly. i think exactly. having those conversations with them making sure that they know their people well enough have been had boots on the ground enough to know what's important to their people mm-hmm. right yeah i usually go back to the the chart paper or in some way and talk about motivation from a standpoint of reasons and actions mm. because I think they're looking for something practical to do. Yes. Um, and this comes after asking like, what have you done? Because, mm. you know, sometimes they're, I don't think they really ask you because they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that as adults? 
No, I, I, I don't think that they're asking that for that reason. I think they're asking because they're hoping there's a simple solution. Right. Like, here is what you can do. Check this box and your people will be motivated. Right. And it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. Well, that's like a lot of, I would say on almost every single one of these top 10 questions, I think that's going to be kind of the case that people want some very simple solutions to things. Um, But nobody said that leadership management supervision is easy, right? It's it's hard work. um, But I think you're right. I think it does start with understanding who your people are, um, understanding their reasons why they act the way that they do, um, you know, what what it is that they're trying to accomplish. There's always a reason though, right? right? I mean, there is, there's no such thing as not being motivated to me. I mean, we're all motivated for different reasons at different times, right? Of the day even, but it's about recognizing that need, that want, um, that's kind of driving that behavior. Right. Because it's the behavior as a leader, you have an opportunity to influence. It's not the reason. Mm. Um, because as Brianna said, and as you just reinforced, everybody has their own reason. So I don't think you're necessarily going to change their reason. But knowing that reason is what you have an opportunity to influence through behavior change. And that reinforcement is what we know Pavlov um, studied, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So is that behavior positive in order for them to achieve that or attain that reason? Is that reason being met through positive behaviors or through negative behaviors? Mm. So we have as leaders, then we have to go back and look at what we're doing and how we're reinforcing the behavior that's helping them achieve their reason. Exactly. Right. And so I love the statement and, and nobody loves to hear it, but it's always the manager. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Everybody does something. All behavior is caused and people will continue to do what they do as long as they continue to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Or what they're trying sense. to avoid. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I'm being left alone doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing, doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So for whatever reason, you got to go back and look at the actions or the behavior that you you can influence that helps them achieve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Ready for number nine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number nine. This one always kind of gets me too. Um, why can't people just do the work that they were hired to do and leave the rest of their problems at home? Because we're people. Exactly. <laughs> we're human <laughs> beings. Keyword. Oh. Yeah. You know, this is something I think that a lot of people um, have been brought up to believe, right? Uh, the separation of your work versus your personal life. Um, we need to keep those things separate. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I grew up hearing that, right? Um, it's nothing personal. Just, just It's just about business. Just leave all that stuff at the door when you walk in. Let's concentrate on business. I mean, I, I hear that over and over and over um, for myself when I was growing up and learning what it meant to be a professional. Right. Um, but, you know, to me, that's like asking people to be schizophrenic. I mean, let's face it, whatever's going on at work, I bet a lot of us, I bet every single one of us has taken some of that home and it has affected our personal relationships and vice versa. When we got something going on at home, you know, it does affect the work life. You know, it's to think that those things aren't going to seep their way into the workplace, I think is um, very short-sighted. Absolutely. And I think for leaders, for us not to recognize that, Huge mistake. Yeah. Huge. Now, do each of us have our varying tolerances 
of those discussions. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think as leaders, you have to look at, okay, so, you know, employee A, you know, loves to lead with home and life and those types of things and questions related to that. And that's how you build rapport. And that's how you, you know, develop that relationship and build trust and all of those things. Employee B wants to get right to business. Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk shop. Let's do it. Hey, if we get any life issues in there at all, you know, it will be few, far between, enough to know what's going on so that you can know if anything's changed. Right. 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 And that's up to you as a leader to to know and recognize. But to expect somebody not to be, as Brianna said. Yeah. Person and and what I love about your saying, what you're saying though, Ray, is that as a leader, it's really your responsibility to a understand your people, right? And you're going to respond to each of those different employees differently. Um, and again, in order to maintain that relationship, in order to um, you know kind of kind of help them, maybe a little bit of empathy can go a long way. But then the ultimate goal is to, is to get them redirected towards the work, right? But you just can't you know say, well, keep it at home, you know, because yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, let's look at you, for example. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you lead two very different <laughs> yes. People. But I think both of you lead me just as much as I lead you. But go ahead. But yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, share because, you know, I come in and I'm like right to work. You are. You're, you know? you're very much to the point. You're very much uh, straight to the job and, and trying to get things done. Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't share, you know, fun things that happen to you in your in your in your family life, in your personal life. Uh, Brianna, when she comes in, the first thing I need to do is is I need to ask about your family and I need to ask about Logan um, because that is what motivates you, um, especially as a new mom. Mm-hmm. You know, now that may change as, as Logan maybe gets a little older. Um, but, you know, those are really important connections uh, for me to, and, and it's different than you, right? Um, you've already had your kids and um, not that you don't, again, not that you don't mention them or talk about them or, or things like that, but um, it's just different. Yeah. You're in different stages right now. Well, and I think it's really important to remember when I hear leaders say this, I often want to look at them and I want to say, look, it's not about you. So even though it may be just be easier for you to not deal with your employees problems or things that you have going on, they have going on in their life, it's not about you. It's mm-hmm. about what that employee needs. And so I mean, that's exactly what I'm hearing you all say. I want us to consider as leaders, you're really trying to get work done through other people. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, you have to care about the people that you're trying to get the work done through and people have lives outside of work. Yeah. 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 And with, and with that being said, I think keeping in mind that your employees issues do not have to become your issues, you know, hearing them out doesn't mean you're taking them on. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's not just one more thing for you to add to your plate as a leader, but I can listen. I can understand. Right. Right. And I go back to what Covey said, um, you know, in terms of the idea of trust. And one of the biggest things in earning people's trust is that idea of demonstrating care and concern for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And if you're not doing that, you're really going to make that huge withdrawal. And then you've got a bigger problem uh, as a leader between the leader and that employee. Absolutely. Right. 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 
Okay, uh, let's go to number eight. How do I get other people to listen to me? Be somebody people want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> if all you're doing is complaining and griping and grouching, mm-hmm. people yeah. will tune you out. That's right. Right. Why would I want to listen to you? Yeah. I think this one goes to a couple different things. Um, I'm going to lump them all into one idea of trying to build credibility. Um, if people aren't listening to you, it's probably because they don't see you as somebody who is credible. And I think that that can be many different types of things that can build your credibility, whether it's that relationship, you know, that we just talked about, uh, earning people's trust. Maybe it's your expertise and your demonstrating your competence with people. Maybe it's about um, that you're demonstrating that you're that person who can get results that can build your credibility. But if you do become somebody who's credible, chances are people are going to listen, right? You're going to have a much greater uh, impact with your influence with those people. And you have to build that before you're trying to use it you know so Mm. say you're you're leading a project and you're like well people aren't listening to me well what did you do before it got to that point were you (laughs) were you intentional about trying to build up that credibility Mm -hmm. or were you just kind of flying under the radar and you know and now you're questioning why aren't they listening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. make the do the work before you need it right right yeah, I remember my, you know, that's such such a good point because, you know, I was trying to sell my house years ago and I remember and it was in a new neighborhood. I'd been there just two, maybe three years um, in this new subdivision. And I was turning it over and and my realtor's like, well, you know, looking at, you know, curb appeal and all that stuff. And he was like, you know, when, you know, when the best time to, to plant a tree is, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, is that in the spring, the fall? You know, I'm trying to like think through this, you know seasonal thing and he said 10 years ago <laughs> you know because in a new subdivision i mean there's just nothing right it's just right. ugly nothing's developed and um i was like oh ha, 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 that's so clever and it, you know to your point it, it's so important to build that relationship before you need all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things mm-hmm. um you know you 10 years ago right you know yesterday it was the best time to to develop that yeah. You know, not today. Yeah. And, and making those deposits, oh, right? You can start today. Mm-hmm. You can start today. You can always start today. And I want to say, you know, one of the things I'm grateful for, we did a Facebook Live not too long ago on um, introverts. And I'll tell you, that really got me processing a lot because uh, I did an interview with a self-proclaimed introvert uh, to prepare for that session. And she said, you know, sometimes extroverts just need to stop talking. You know, and so when you're saying, how do I get others to listen to me? Well, maybe you've talked too much at this point. Mm. And so maybe that going to that credibility isn't there. But at the same time, you haven't taken the time to invest listening to others. So why would they invest listening to you again? Mm -hmm. Because you're always talking. And so um, (laughs) that was that was something else that would really just kind of stood out to me that I I keep in mind now. Yeah. Yeah. There could be many reasons why people aren't listening to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's go on. Um, We got to uh, number seven. And this says, I am now serving, supervising people who used to be my peers. Help, help. Yeah. (laughs) That's a big one. That is a big one. 
That is a big one. And it is something I think that uh, we do get a lot of, you know, I think novice supervisors in our in our classes a lot or folks with um, uh, maybe just a few years under their belt of supervision and those, those kinds of things. And it can be a very difficult thing because I think, um, let's face it, when we promote people, it, it's very motivational, right? It's it, for the whole organization. It kind of gives a boost, you know, not only to the people who get into those new jobs, um, they got new responsibilities and probably a little raise. So they're probably pretty happy. But other people who get to see that, they're like, oh, that could be me one day too. So there's some benefit uh, throughout the whole organization to promote from within. I think it's very motivational all the way around. But what I think organizations are not so good at is preparing them for that job because the competencies when you start to lead people are a lot different than the competencies of being that frontline producer, right? Just using technical skills now. Now it's about leadership skills. Um, and it's funny that organizations just think that because you're good at doing your job, that you're always going to be good at leading people. And, and it's just not the case. So it, it is an important question to, uh, to, to answer. I think that's why we get managers. And, and I use that word not from a title perspective, but we get people who manage the job. Mm -hmm. And not people who consider the people that are doing the job. They manage the job they just left. Mm -hmm. Right? Because they mm -hmm. know exactly how the job was done. Right. In most of those cases you're talking about. So they're managing the job because that's where their competency lies. Mm -hmm. And that's where their comfort lies in that competency. They're maybe not as competent in leading and supervising. So they're uncomfortable there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why, why do you want to spend all this time in this incompetent space? Right. So they overmanage. Yeah. Or they think that they can manage a human being. And, that's kind of my thing. <laughs> they don't like this response when I when they ask that question because I'm like, you can't manage a human being. I, I just don't yeah. believe you can do it. I mean, um, I, I tried it for years. It's the reason I'm divorced. It just does not work. <laughs> um, but I think you can lead people. But, you know, when you think about managing, you manage things. You don't manage people, right? You, you lead people. Um, but this is a very important question. And um, I usually, when I respond to this question in, in training sessions, um, um, sometimes they don't like what I say, but, you know, I get it. We work with people for a period of time when we do become friends with them. Right. But as soon as one person becomes that um, supervisor over that relationship, you are now in a one upsmanship type of relationship. And. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but you can't be besties anymore. The relationship has to change in some way, okay? Because we do have a leader and now we have a subordinate, right, in that relationship. So it, it's got to change in some way. Now, how you change that, I think, is an important way, thing to consider. What are your thoughts about it? I think the first step is, you know, having if you're in that situation where it's your peers and maybe it's friends and it's people you used to go out with on weekends. And now you're right. Everything has changed. Well, it's time to have a conversation about um, how that change may affect the relationship as it was and being fully transparent in there. And here's the thing is if they're really good peers or good friends, then they're going to understand and those that that don't, 
well, you were going to have problems with them anyway. And so, <laughs> okay, grandma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sound like something my grandma would say. Yeah. So, I, um, but start with the conversation. You know, at least that's how I, I, I would appreciate it being approached. Yeah, I, I like the idea of a conversation. It might also be helpful to invite them themselves to talk about, um, you know, how how do you see this relationship going to change now, now that I am mm-hmm. your boss? Uh, maybe we can set some ground rules, you know, those kinds of things. But this is a struggle for a lot of folks. And it's the struggle I call between being the boss and being the buddy. And sometimes, you know, you think to yourself, oh, now I've gotten this position of power and I'm going to finally get some things done the way around here, the way that I think they need to be done. And you move to much of that boss role and you wonder why people are, um, you know, rebelling against you all the time. But if you go the other way, you know, uh, and you spend too much time developing that buddy role, then you're, then people just walk all over you. They end up taking kind of advantage of you too much, uh, in, in that friendship kind of role. So to me, it's really about kind of balancing these two roles of boss and buddy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not easy to have that conversation. It's not. And, you know, to people that enter into an area or a department, uh, and I'm going to say this because it takes some forethought, but I've had some coaching conversations with people with that exact idea in mind. Like they know when they're coming into a job and they're interviewing for that job that they know that it is a step toward movement. Mm-hmm. So... For instance, you know, they, they're leaving a place that they've been for eight years. They're moving over into a department totally unknown to them, take, stepping outside, you know, what they've always done because there's movement in this new place. Mm. So they're taking this new role and we've been talking about how do we start in the ground level knowing that we want to move up in this department. Hmm. And so that was exactly the the idea of taking this entry level position, still high, but entry level position, knowing that you could be managing these people in two to three years mm-hmm. with that in mind. And so as opposed to coming in, you know, entry level with an entry level mentality and then having to battle your way to the next level and dealing with those relationships over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of just a, it it was a perspective she had not considered, Mm. you know, but she was very transparent and I'm taking this job because there's growth, there's opportunity to move up here where I am. There is not. And I'm like, then let's, what are you going to do differently when you develop these relationships with your peers, knowing in two to three years, you could be their boss. She's like, oh my God, I hadn't even thought about that. And that's that's very insightful. That takes a a big picture, longer term view that all that leaders should be uh, should be having, right? And so, so then you could probably establish boundaries very early on uh, with the people that you're that you're just now starting yeah. to work with. I mean, it doesn't help the people that have already been there for ten right. years, right. but I think. Um, you know, starting to think about what is my trust level? What is my bank account, you know, trust bank account with these people? Mm -hmm. What am I going to rely on moving forward? Yeah. 
Okay, uh, let's go to number six. Uh, this will be the last one for this episode. But why are the people who really need to hear this message never here? <laughs> I get asked that one quite a bit. Oh, too. It's not me. It's not me. It's, it's somebody else. It's the boss. They're not here to listen to it. This one bugs me. Well, for a lot of reasons. But here's the thing is we're in charge of us. Let's worry about us. And and I am I'm preaching to myself on this as well, because. I struggled with this for so many years and I had a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted energy, really focused on, well, what are the other people doing? Why aren't they here? And I still periodically, you all have to remind me, focus on you. All right. And uh, it is too easy for us to look outward rather than looking inward and recognizing what can this benefit me? And can I open up my mind to receive the great information I can from this experience? Yeah. It's always easier to think this is for somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, and most of the time I, you know, will hear something related to, well, my boss needs to hear this. Mm -hmm. That that's where I hear it. You know, well, are you going to come back and do this session for our bosses? Yeah. 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 It's, it's really funny. But to me, this this speaks of reactivity to me. Uh, when people ask me this question, I, I just keep thinking, OK, um, you're being very dependent then on your bosses to fix your problems for you, as opposed to like like Brianna said, you know, you got to concentrate on yourself because that's what you have control over, um, as opposed to trying to give your power away to other people to fix your life for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because here's the thing is, is it can certainly be a ripple effect. You know, mm-hmm. if you start working on you and maybe you take this session seriously and don't get me wrong, I've been sent to back in the day, I got sent to some different trainings. I was like, why in the world are you sending me to this? And now I'm a number one learner. So like, I like learning, but those were the experiences. I was like, well, hold on now. And for me, what I learned is by approaching it from that mentality versus, hey, I have an opportunity maybe to to take something from this and bring it back to the people who maybe I think could have benefited from being here. Um, I really lost some some opportunity there. And so you can create a ripple effect just simply by taking the knowledge in yourself, bringing it back and applying some of those behaviors that you learn to the people that you might consider or think need mm-hmm. to actually be there. Ripples in a pond, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think this um, it, we, we need to kind of wrap this up and we will get to um, session two in the in our next weekly episode. Uh, and we'll do the top five uh, questions that we get from participants. Then if you all have any additional ideas or topics that you would like to hear on the weekly workplace, please make sure that you submit them to mti.missouri.edu. Uh, and until then, Ray, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.